and welcome to From the Rooker End. Um, we're here uh, at Wembley, not for the first time. I think it's our fifth time we've done a podcast from here. Uh, my name's John. Uh, with me, uh, I'm here with Mike. Evening. And Jason. Hello there. And uh, Hollywood, Katie is with us. Hello. Uh, we're here at Wembley for, for the NFL. Mike, it's, uh, it's all, we've been here a few times. We've seen uh, Watford away at Spurs, playoff final. The semi-final, if I got. Um, yeah, this is such a different place to come on, on a day like this. It's terrifically exciting to be here on a non-Watford match day because we all know what happens when Watford play at Wembley. It doesn't end well. We're all we're playing penance basically for 1999, aren't we? That amazing evening when everything afternoon when everything went well against Bolton. And we're paying for it ever since. Uh, but yeah, great to be here. It's exciting, though, isn't it? It's good. And you only, but you only just made it here. Only just, yeah. But it was the power that what of Watford that propelled me here. So the Metline is on its backside. I was there with me thinking, this is amazing. I can get out, walk out of my house, get a train, take me 30 minutes to be in London, watch a bit of NFL. And then, of course, the trains uh, are up their backside. Harrow on the hill, no further than that. And luckily, I bumped into a couple of Watford fans who took pity on me. And we jumped into an Uber together. They took us to within, I reckon, about 15 paces of Wembley Stadium because the guy I was with used to drive um, fire engines in the Wembley area. So, yeah, Watford got me through again. <laughs> well, uh, there's no Watford uh, to get us through this weekend because it's an international break. But there's something that sort of came up. Uh, we originally weren't going to do a podcast, actually, uh, this weekend. It's not the normal thing we do on an international break. We thought, yeah, let's have a go. Because there's something that sort of came up and it developed on our, on our WhatsApp group this week. Last week on the podcast, you might have heard Colin uh, in a slightly agitated, slightly, slightly angry place. He's um, still cross about that as well, you is, know. He is, yeah. The old WhatsApp group is still being lit up occasionally by Colin's eye, Colin's eye. He's, uh, yeah, he's still, he's, he's not letting it go. But the, the bit in particular that sort of caught everyone's thought process uh, was the fact that he said, look, the Deanie and Grey thing is, isn't working, isn't developing. We want to have a little bit of chat about that, uh, especially at this point in October where we're a few months away from the, from the transfer window and, and, and maybe having to do some changes. But Jason, let, let's have a quick reflection. Where were we with this, these two players, maybe not in the double act, at the end of last season? Oh, I think we, we didn't really know what if we could get much more from them and I think we were playing sort of one up top last year we neither suited or didn't suit either of them really um, and I think at the end of the season had things worked out differently and had they gone would we have been upset with Gray probably not at all with Deeney we talked about it and we said okay we'd certainly need to replace him as a, as a leader as a captain as a striker probably not so sure it probably would have been not easy but we probably should have been able to get someone better maybe from what he was playing in the last season reasonably comfortably but the new season came with a you know we're not a new manager for the first time in a while Kieran but uh, definitely a chance for him to do things differently uh, and he has started every game with Deeney uh, with a broken toe uh, and, and Gray up front has it felt different enough for you? Uh, it being honest and obviously it's just my opinion not really I think that when we had that nice little run at the start of the season if you watch match of the day the pundits were saying I think these two are going to cause some problems this season and I think what we've seen relatively quickly after that run when the results aren't going our way that they're not enough of a threat for me to create the problems for some of the bigger teams I think what we saw against Arsenal was we created a lot of chances 
and I don't think that those two are necessarily clinical enough. I think that they will work well together in terms of creating space for each other. Dini will sometimes drop deep, Gray will sometimes go out to the flanks to pull defenders in, in different directions to create space for each other, but I watched uh, England's women's team against Australia on Tuesday and against Brazil last Saturday, and one of the things that Phil Neville picked out in both of those games was that England weren't clinical or ruthless enough, and I think that's a problem that we've potentially got with those two. I said on the podcast that we had when we did the uh, the charity walk that I was disappointed that we didn't invest some of the Richarlison money into what I would describe as a, we're not going to get a world-class striker at Watford, we know that, but someone who maybe offers us something a little bit different, and one of the things that Jordi in our WhatsApp group has taken great pleasure in, or maybe not, in posting up this week is how well uh, Pablo Alcazar is doing for Borussia Dortmund and for Spain as well. Obviously, he was a player that was heavily linked. I think wages were a stumbling block and, you know, we can't look past that, but that was a player that was very close or seemed to be very close to be joining Watford and he slipped through our fingers, gone to Borussia Dortmund, done very well there. I think Deeney and Gray are are a decent partnership, but for what we need, I don't think they're good enough. I think I think you're all being a bit uncharitable, really. <laughs> oh, no, no, we, we've been uh, analytical. And uh, Hollywood said there, like, the first four games was a nice little run. I think it's better than that. It's basically propelled us into safety I would say we're, you know, we, teams now have to win three games more than us to overtake us and the likes of Cardiff, Cardiff and Huddersfield there's no way they're going to do that and I think it, it's easy to point the finger at the, at the striking duo but actually it's a team game and you have to give them those chances he's absolutely right clinical is the word I think that is the difference between us and, and the upper echelons of the Premier League and being more def- decisive as a defensive unit as well but I don't think that, that midfield, the creative players have fired as much or I don't think their players come off to the degree it did in the, couple, in the first couple of games. So I think it's a bit harsh to be focusing on, on Troy and Andre Gray as, as the reason for our little stutter at the moment. I think uh, Kieran's absolutely right. They are a, they're a decent pairing. They're not going to be, you know, Arsenal aren't clambering over themselves to sign um, Troy Deeney and Andre Gray, neither are Man City or Liverpool. But for us, that's kind of where we're at, and we need to be in a situation where we can beat teams when we're playing as well as we can do. And that's where that's still where Watford are at. Everyone needs to be at 100% on the pitch for us to get a result, I think. Um, and if that doesn't happen in midfield, and I, I just think they haven't necessarily had the support that they had early on in the game. We're not clicking like we did for those first four games. So I think let, let's keep them, keep them up top. I think they're frightening for opposition defenders. Uh, and when, you know... Um, Delefeu's back, Chalabas coming back from, from full fitness. So I think when we see a bit of freshening up in the midfield area, I think those guys, they, those guys are going to be a real, real handful. So, yeah, lay off Troy, lay off Andre, man. Come on. OK, this is just weird, Mark. This is two <laughs> podcasts in a row where you haven't been the, the doctor of death. Colin took it. I mean, even Kieran's taking it from you now. These, these are changing. I don't suppose you're all right. We're not, bla- we're not blaming. I hope that no. hasn't come over. It's not about blame. But I suppose the... the, the yeah, give them time, agreed. But it's always, well, what was the other option up front? Because we do play lots of different types of games. Um, you would say the Fulham game was uh, a frustration. The Arsenal game could have been different but, you know, against a big team like that and a successful team like that. that well, not successful. Good team like that. Uh, but they, that's we were missing a, a something, a something off the bench. And that still feels, even what Jason said where we were last year in terms of what we were critical of them about end of last year, that still hasn't been addressed. We've got Isaac Cess, I think who's proved himself to be, he's going to be a thorn in the side of more than a couple of uh, Premier League defences this year 
Hollywood's absolutely right. We we probably should have invested, I think, because if if Troy or Andre Gray are not available for whatever reason, or the form is appalling, then who have we got? And that and I think that is an absolutely valid point. Um, I like Isaac's success. I think he's going to. I think he's. This is his make or break season at Watford, isn't it? We've said it all along for, uh, before the season started, and he's playing like he understands that, which is quite exciting for me. Um, the problem is, is if Troy gets injured, Andre Gray gets injured, or, or Isaac Success gets injured, goes back to Kieran's point, what else have we got? And, and there isn't much, is the answer, isn't it? Jason, you know, the, the, the option that we could, in, in a Pozzo world, how do we uh, add something to our team? One, we, we buy young and raw, uh, or we buy uh, old uh, and maybe not quite done huge things. We're never going to see a massive big wage slash you know, money spent to sign them, are we? No, of course not. And that's exactly why we didn't sign uh, Al Kassar, as, uh, as Hollywood said. Um, success, uh, as, as, <laughs> as Mike has said, uh, is, is exciting that he's looking better than he has done. I think he's still got to improve slightly on perhaps his decision making maybe he just gets a bit sort of too hot ahead maybe a bit rash when he's got a slight glimpse of goal and maybe there's a better option on um, makes the wrong decision and then it's it's a carker isn't it at the moment so if we are going to do something different and we're going to look to try and find someone else I think we'll have to see a carker move on first before we do anything like that Kieran would you like though a big young uh, but scored a couple of goals in a big league around Europe uh, player turn up uh, at Vicarage Road will that, will that be enough do you think for Watford fans to feel comfortable and you know sane on Twitter I don't know and before I go into that I would like to just put a defence across to the two so I'm not the dark lord I don't want that <laughs> don't want come that on at Hollywood the doctor the un- the, yeah, yeah the, under, the undertaker is David Levy we know that <laughs> I'm not taking Mike's title just yet I think when you have a player sent off like we did against Bournemouth, that throws the game plan out of the window, doesn't it? And obviously that can affect the, the front two. So I think the Bournemouth game is a bit of a a bit of a write-off. I certainly think that both have a role to play. I just think that you need a bit of depth to, to push on that extra little bit. And as, as Mike said, Isaac's success is, is hopefully going to do that. Would I like to see a striker come from Europe? Actually, no, I wouldn't. I'd actually like to see some players that potentially come in that have proven Premier League quality. And I know that that costs money, but... I think that when you have players come over from abroad, quite often it takes some time to settle in, or in a lot of cases they don't actually work out. You know, you don't have to necessarily go abroad. There are players in the Premier League who are on the fringes of their team and might be able to add something. There are players in the Championship who played in the Premier League who might be able to add something. Someone along the lines of, and I'll probably get stick for this, someone like Jay Rodriguez at West Brom. Done, done well in the Premier League when he's been fit. He's playing in the Championship at the moment. You don't have to spend a load of money to get someone like him. It's not going to become cheap, I don't deny that. But personally, I like to see players that have actually shown what they can do in the Premier League rather than gambling on players that might or might not work out. But dif- I think the difficulty is we've had, when we get asked as, 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 as from the Rookery and we have to go on opposition podcasts and, and blogs and so on and so forth, what do you want from Watford this year? And I think we all say to a man, we want to improve on that consistency. We want to capitalise on those good starts that we've had for the last three seasons and actually make it count. And I think the difference there is probably one or maybe two signings. 
and I think up front is and it might be a Jay Rodriguez it might be someone like that who you know a, a, someone who just knows how to get the ball in the net when we need it when it's January we're at home to Stoke or Burnley or Huddersfield or whatever and it's nasty it's raining it's windy we're getting kicked up in the air things aren't going our way someone who just gets it done and I think with perhaps just that little maybe three quarters of a player away if that makes sense not someone that's going to necessarily propel us to Europe but someone who can come out of the trenches when we really need it and I think that's where I make um, Hollywood absolutely right we, we just let's take a punt on something I always talk about Aidy Mariapa as well no one was excited about him coming back but how important has he been over the last um, over the last couple of seasons very so it doesn't need to be a stratospheric signing. It doesn't need to be someone who's done it in Europe, as you said. It just needs to be someone who can perhaps do the dirty yards, the hard yards, when we really need it. Because I think that's what we're missing. And that's the difference between Watford of the last three seasons and hopefully the Watford of this year. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike's surname is Parkin uh, and he has a son called Arlo. You probably know that by now. Uh, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Now, last night there was England v Croatia. What was weird about that game? There was no fans. So, they took away the crowd. If you could take away one thing from football, what would you get rid of? The other team winning. What a brilliant answer. Well done, Arles. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Brand New Hornet Heaven uh, is out on Tuesday, a new series, series eight, uh, four episodes on their way uh, for your enjoyment. Episode one is out on Tuesday, and it's all about how being a Watford fan marks us for life. Uh, tattoos come into that one. Uh, episode two, uh, which will be out a, a week on Tuesday, tells about marriage and how uh, football can, can get in the way if we support the same team. Halloween special in episode three, and how uh, well life in the Premier League and being a Watt fan is uh, a little scary. And finally, the last one is all about love. And is it possible to to love Watford too much? Ollie uh, has written them all, uh, and our mate Colin, who you hear in the podcast regularly, uh, he is the voice and uh, of many many characters. Uh, and it's a new episode out on Tuesday. Here's a clip with Bill Mainwood, the head of programmes and uh, the father of the club, Henry Grover. But tattoos are horrible. Nonsense, Bill. Body art is a beautiful thing. I've always wanted to get myself inked with Watford's wonderful 1995 away shirt. That sublime combination of burgundy and teal would look magnificent on my left bicep. What? And I'd love to get the 2013-14 away shirt on my right bicep. Do you remember that sumptuous port wine colour, Bill? Although I suppose people might think that the tattoo was just a birthmark. Why would you want tattoos, Henry? You're an upstanding Victorian gentleman. Tattoos are for... Careful what you say, old thing. As soon as I heard that a high-class tattoo artist had arrived in Hornet Heaven, I rushed to see her. Let me show you, old pal. It's on my left thigh. I just need to drop my trousers and long johns for you. Hold on a moment. No need, Henry, really, no need. I insist, Bill. It's a depiction of a long-standing love of mine. Oh, no. It's going to be Alman Abdi, isn't it? Goodness me, Bill, now there's an idea. I hadn't thought of him. 
maybe I'll get inked with him somewhere else. Somewhere more, uh, intimate, perhaps? Ah, nearly there. Right. The grand reveal of the love that will stay with me for eternity. Please let it just say Watford. Ta-da! Hey? It's very good, but who's it a picture of? Gladys Prothero. The new series of Hornet Heaven uh, will be out on Tuesday, that's the 16th, uh, and every Tuesday for the next four weeks, including Halloween. Uh, and you can get that via Google Podcasts uh, and Apple Podcasts uh, and also via hauntedheaven.com. But the, the first episode, Jason, is all about uh, tattoos. Is, is there a player in your, in your history of being a Watford fan, which is many years for all of us now, uh, who, who you would deem to mark on you for life? I rank Craig Ramage. <laughs> he, he seems like a tattoo sort of guy. Uh, just, just that sort of casual, laid-back, cool, cool as Craig. Yeah. I think that would work beautifully. Uh, Kieran, if you got a Watford tattoo for me, I, I, I think I'd have to get my my junior original Junior Hornets badge. Like, no, maybe not a, a, a player, but something that signifies my um, Watford uh, fanness. Uh, what about you? What would you have? Well, I thought about it, and my initial thought was John Eustace's teeth. Because <laughs> it, would, it would, you know, light up and lead the way. But actually, I thought an adapted Elton John lyric. I thought maybe we're still standing after the austerity and the flirtations with administration. And now the fact we're a Premier League club, I think we're still standing WFC. Something simple, but something that had a little bit of meaning to it. I'd get a little, I'd get a little 4-4. It might look me, make me look like a prisoner because someone says is that your prisoner number. But yeah, the, the score from my first game, and that was that was why I got really hooked on it. See, you know, just seeing that such an amazing game, and and without sounding ridiculous, supporting Watford has been amazing ever since that day. So a little four dash four. I'd have the three three nil uh, on my one there. Uh, but we're here at this NFL game. You know, this is I think this is my ninth NFL game I've been to. Many times here at Wembley, this place. Yeah, it's the same place we come to with Watford, but it feels so different. Even where we are now here, we are outside, people gathered, having a drink, all the, the bars and the, the hoopla, the pounding music here in the background. It's a different atmosphere to come in. But what I want to ask you guys, if you could take something from the NFL and put it into Watford, or put it into, into football, what would it be? Jason, what would you bring? I'd bring the coaches' challenge across. I've got no idea how we would, we would actually be able to implement it, but it's a start. I, I just think we, we've talked about VAR quite a lot in football, and football, it seems, doesn't like it, wants to reject it. So let's give football the chance to make its own sort of VAR, make its own challenges, and do that in the form of the coaches' challenge. So throwing your, your red uh, flag uh, to say, yep, nope, we go to VAR, have a look, and then we'll be happy. Mike? So there's a TV show. I think it's called NFL Mic'd Up. Is yeah. that right? I'd do that. Mic up the players. Mic up the uh, mic up the managers. It's such what the American sports do so well is bring the fans behind the ropes, if you like. They give them so much insight into what it's actually like to to watch watch a sport and be a part of it. And the and the sacrifices are required. The the in depth tactical knowledge that's required to be a part of it. And I just think that mic'd up. If you mic'd up every player. And yes, we had the... When was it? Was it Arsenal v Millwall when it happened? Um, it didn't go particularly well. But I think it would clean up the game for a little bit. A lot of back chat would be, uh, would be eliminated. But also, you'd understand what it's like to be behind the ropes on a match day. So, yeah. Uh, FA Premier League, mic'd up. I think I'd just like to mic up the referee. 
uh, you know, see what, 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 what they get. It might embarrass a few players. They might they mic'd up Brad Guzan in the MLS All-Star game a couple of months ago, and it was interesting for about five seconds until the opposition were attacking, and then obviously he had to focus on what was going on on the field. So, Cheers, mate. So you really... You, yeah, thanks for shooting down my idea. Yeah. <laughs> Lasted for ten seconds. Cheers, Holly. Kieran, is there that you would want to take from this, this gridiron game that we, 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 we're going to see today? Uh the players actually being allowed to celebrate with their own supporters how many times do we now see the euphoria of scoring a goal players go and celebrate with their own fans they turn around and the referee's waving a yellow card in their face we see it in the NFL where a touchdown is scored a player will leap into the front row of the crowd maybe give the ball to a supporter and you know it's just a normal thing and and that has been almost taken away in in the game of football because players now know that if they celebrate their own fans take their shirt off whatever they're going to be disciplined it's a, it's, a, it's a different experience. We're going to see the, the Seattle Seahawks against the, uh, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, and it should be, well, it's, it's always fun. It's razzmatazz. It's, it's, it's pure Americana, but here in a wet, damp Wembley. Thank you very much for listening. It's a slightly short podcast this week. Uh, we'll be back again after the Wolves game, where uh, we'll be chatting away about the story of Watford uh, and our take on life as a Watford fan. Come on, you Orns! We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns!